You're listening to Nathan Shansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. Hello to all you creators, dreamers, and doers out there. I'm Nathan Chansky, photographer, business coach, and your host. After starting my photography business and nearly giving up after a rough first couple of years, with God's help, I transformed my business and became the multi-six-figure business owner here with you today. I'm here to drop weekly episodes full of everything I've learned in the process while bringing on some of the biggest experts in the industry. This podcast is for photographers, creatives, and anyone wanting to build a business and life of your fullest God-given potential. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hello, friend. So welcome back to the show. We are going to be doing something a little bit different on the show today. So basically, I was on my friend Rachel Traxler's Gold Biz podcast recently. We had an awesome conversation all about trends and ways you can stand out and and marketing and branding in a time like 2024. And it was just such an awesome conversation. And I was like, Rachel, I got to have this conversation on my podcast too, because originally it was on her podcast. So Rachel's been so gracious to let me take this conversation that we had from her podcast and pull it over and bring it to you here on the Passion with Purpose podcast. So Without further ado, we're going to be chatting with Rachel Traxler today, and let's dive into it. I have Nathan back on the podcast, round two, second time guest. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It's so fun to be on the show again, and I'm just so honored to be here. It's so fun. I always love having conversations with you. And yeah, I figured I'm like, we have to have him back on and have another conversation because I feel like there's a million topics we could talk about. Totally. Last time, I believe we talked about like video marketing mm-hmm. and I remember, and then this time we're going to talk a little bit about like new branding and marketing strategies for 2024 and just like what this looks like. Cause I feel like the industry as a whole is kind of shifting a little bit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just like things that didn't work before or like things that did work before aren't going to work moving forward and mm-hmm. just talk about like branding and marketing and changes and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know you are so, we were talking about branding a little bit before, but like I feel like you're so good at branding and you're good at also intermixing your personal branding and just like your personal life and like tying the two together for some crazy reason. I feel like it's, that's hard to do. Like, it's hard to like, especially for some people like, Oh, I know I like this, but how do I like mesh the two together and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So if there's anything like, what are some maybe first steps or basics that someone can kind of do to hone in on their brand and then like, just, just really feel in alignment with it too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I could go so many different directions with this. I think I'm going to have to start at what's in your head Mm -hmm. with with all of that because I think so many people think that sharing things personally in order to align them with maybe your more professional brand is a very difficult task to do. And while I do think there is difficulty in it, I don't think that the merging of the two or the sharing of the two simultaneously is necessarily that hard of a task. I think a lot of it comes down to what we think is okay to share or what we feel like we have permission from society or from like internet culture to share. Uh, And so I think what has really helped me is instead of just thinking of my brand as 
what I do professionally and the photos I take and the people I help, um, I think of my brand as just the multidimensional, multifaceted person of me, right? And so that's going to encompass who I am in my home life. That's going to encompass you know, my hobbies, my interests, that's going to encompass, yes, my work. And yes, the art that I like to produce, um, that's going to encompass things like, you know, whether it's like my friends or my family or my faith or what I do in the weekends or, uh, like, I don't know, like what I like to eat, like my dog, like anything like that. Um, because, at the end of the day, we have to remember that for those of us that are running a brand that hinges on our personal touch and like the personality and our character and all these types of things, um, the multifaceted human part of that is just so important for people to connect with us. Um, so I think it it really isn't so much that it's like so hard to bring those two together. I think that sometimes we feel weird doing it, but it it just doesn't have to be all that weird. Like I will, I feel like I will share, you know, one day on my podcast, something that is so businessy and like marketing related. And then the next week, I feel like I will share something that is completely personal. And then maybe the next week, I'll share something that like puts those two together or something like that. Or on my Instagram story, the same thing. I will be like promoting a product of mine or a coaching program of of mine. And I'll be like mid-launch week. And I'll also be talking about like what my dog is doing or something like that. And I think some people are like, oh, but don't do that. That's you're messing up the, you know, your brand or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I am my brand. So there's really nothing that I can share that's like off limits in a way, unless I say it's off limits. And and I there are certain things that I'm like, yeah, I don't talk about this or I don't talk about this because I don't really want to. But to me, I think you are your brand and you are your own niche in so many perspectives. And so I don't think it's always that hard. I think it's that sometimes we just don't feel like we have the permission to do that. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And I think almost like you, it probably comes so natural to you to do that, that you're like, yeah, it's not that hard. But for some <laughs> reason, sometimes, because you're so right, like you are your brand, like you can't mess it up. Like you just talk about what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But like for some reason, it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's hard to be like, oh, well, what do I share of my personal life? I heard sure. somewhere, I heard somewhere and I don't know who's, who's I heard it from or whatever, but they said, we try to separate our business and our personal life so much sometimes mm-hmm. that like actually you should intermix them, not in like a breaking boundaries way, but just like sure. intermix your business with your, you know, personal life and your family and intermix your family with your business. And like, that's probably like, that was just what came to my mind as you were speaking of just can think about like just intermixing them. It just seems so easy, but for some reason, sometimes it's hard for people. (laughs) It's so, yeah. I I mean, it totally can be. I think, I think a lot of times the, the barometer or whatever of what I use of, is this something that is going to be, I don't want to say share worthy, but I guess thinking to myself, is this something that I should share? Uh, is I think if someone else shared something similar, I guess, would I be interested in hearing about that? And I have a pretty low standard of what I think that like should be shared and interested in because I'm like, I feel like so much should be. So if I'm on someone's, let's say like Instagram story or something, and they are sharing a little bit about just what they're doing over the weekend, or they're sharing about what type of meals they meal prep for the week, or if they share about like their morning routine or something, 
the average person who is thinking about doing that for themselves and sharing that for themselves, they might be like, no one cares. You know, why would anyone care about this? But me as the viewer, I mean, I love seeing that kind of stuff. I think it's very intriguing and it it connects me to them and it makes them human in my eyes. And I'm just like, I love this. You know what I mean? Especially if I've been following them for a while and I've loved the content they put out. And then I'm like, I want to know who the person is behind all of this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's why... That's why we have like these random things like Vogue doing like 73 questions in like a celebrity's house. Or that's why we do, you know, like when someone's like running for, for political office, they'll, they'll do some sort of um, behind the scenes look at their life or whatever. That's why documentaries about famous people or something and, and they kind of get like that behind the scenes footage. And we're also interested in it because it makes them human, you know? And I think at the end of the day, we all just want to connect with another human. And so there's so much branding opportunity in those spaces. We just sometimes think they're not curated enough or clean enough to share. That's that's so interesting you say that because I completely agree. It's like we're programmed to think it needs all needs to be curated or something. Mm-hmm. But I also think like what you were saying with the Vogue 73 questions or whatever. So I think that's also when you look at like TikTok, why people feel so much more connected to these like just normal people versus like mm-hmm. celebrities. Like we're more totally. interested in these new creators that are just living their life. And we want to know, we want to yeah. know what they ate for lunch. Like I'm exactly. tuning in to see what they ate for lunch. <laughs> Why? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I'm here for them. I like them. <laughs> yeah. We're just more interested in that even over celebrities. And so that just goes to show exactly what you're saying. Like the personal branding is just over empowering, like all mm-hmm. of that. Yep. So true. And so I also hear a lot of people say like, oh, I don't feel aligned with my brand. Like I want to rebrand. I don't feel aligned with it. Like what do you suggest for people who might feel like that? Like what are some steps that maybe they do know the the direction they want to go? Maybe they don't know the direction. I don't know. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. I think it depends on what they're asking. So if someone's asking, I don't feel aligned to my maybe more personal side of my brand, I think that is going to be an issue where you fundamentally aren't showing up as yourself, whatever that is, maybe you're not showing like headshots, like something as simple as like headshots of yourself that feel like you and you're just showing up like in spaces wearing outfits and like poses and expressions that just don't feel like you. Maybe you aren't, maybe you aren't sharing anything about your personal life and you're just kind of like hiding behind the screen and you know, whatever that might be, and you're really not going into detail because you're worried someone might not like a s- certain aspect about you. I think that's probably going to be your biggest issue if you feel misaligned to your personality side of your brand. And then obviously, if, if there's more of kind of like a brand disconnect with your visual or, you know, the market you're in or your just art in general side of your brand, I think to me that can totally happen. I mean, even for photographers, I think. Sometimes we can get in these ruts of serving a specific type of client and then they tell their friends about us and then and then their friends tell their friends about... And then you find that, oh, shoot, like I am in this niche of photography that I really didn't want to be in. And like, these are all lovely people that I'm serving, but like, it's not, it's not really like fueling me and I don't feel like it's like my thing anymore. I always use the scapegoat of like the barn wedding. And some people are like, I just hear so many people being like, I'm so sick of barn weddings or whatever. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, that totally makes sense um, that you might feel that way and, and that you might feel or that you might have like happened into that spot. 
But I think even then, in those situations, you can navigate out of it by just making a new brand kind of happen for yourself instead of just waiting for somebody. Like, Go out and shoot what you want to shoot and go out and curate that art that you want to curate. Contact that designer that makes your website feel like it's fully embodying you and your energy. You know, maybe like it's has to do with kind of learning your editing better, getting like different presets that feel more like you. Maybe maybe it's like getting a new camera or new type of lens that feels more like you, different type of education or mentorship. But I think it's worth finding that uh, fit in your brand that does feel like you because it just makes it easier to sell them. It's like once you feel like you can really embody it fully and it's uh, is so aligned for you and your energy, I think it's just easier to sell to other people because you're like, I love this. I believe in it. And I'm so ready to get it in the hands of somebody else. For sure. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's just like... It's so true too, because I feel like, especially as a photographer, like we're visual creatives and we're visual people yeah. and it's so easy. And then trends come up and then it's so mm-hmm. easy for us to be like, oh, well, this is what people are doing these days. This is what yeah. people are drawn to. And I feel like I especially struggle with that because I, like you were saying, I see all these cool like photo shoots of people and I'm like, I'm obsessed with them. But if I uh-huh. did them, it would be so out of alignment for me because it just yeah. went, but I'm like, this is so the trend. This is like the marketing trend. This is where things are going, but I don't feel aligned with it. So I'm kind of like in that space of, I need to stay true to like what who I am and what I do. Totally. I try to do not just so much go to the trends, but like try to do that direction or refresh or anything like that. It, I don't know if it feel aligned. So mm-hmm. it is really, really important to stay alignment. And I always say too, like your editing style too. Like, does your editing style make sense with your personality and your you know your branding and all of that stuff? And it's almost like everything has to intermix and everything has to click <laughs> and go. And I think that's where it's, that seems like an overwhelming, like a huge daunting task because you're like, oh, well, I like this and this and this and intermixing it together. And But I mean, at the end of the day too, it's like what you're saying just creates this recipe for actually you. standing out. And for differentiating yourself from other people. And a lot of people want to smother the the parts of themselves that make them different. But it really is sometimes the key that unlocks um, just really like a very distinct brand that no one else can touch. Yes, exactly. So it's like embrace those, I guess, is basically what we're saying, right? Very true. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Run with it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I just feel like you're so good at branding too and intermixing all of those. So I feel like that was just helpful for people to like have an insight on that and stuff too. And then even just the shifts into like 2024. So if like we shift into like marketing and stuff. So say like you have your branding down, you have all of this, you feel kind of good about it. And then because I think branding and marketing, they obviously go hand in hand and all that stuff. So tapping and shifting into marketing, what do you feel like some shifts that you're seeing in the industry are making you realize like, oh, I have to change things the way I'm doing them or I need to adjust the strategies I'm doing to adapt to 2024 or to adapt to this new industry shift. Are you personally seeing anything? Yeah, it's very interesting. I think every year I learn I learn more and more about marketing and the different ways to market yourself, what works, what doesn't work. And I don't think I'll ever get to this place where I have figured it out, right? Where I've just like figured out all there is to know about marketing. I do think that there are certain shifts and trends that people gravitate towards in marketing. 
but not always because they work, but a lot of times just because people find like a shiny new thing. I think something that I notice is on the rise these days is paid advertising. And a lot of people have found, you know, places like Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest or TikTok to be kind of like what was like the bread and butter of marketing in, you know, maybe like 2018, right? Or even 2020. And I think now what's what's kind of happening is people are really struggling to figure out algorithms and they're really struggling to figure out like consistency. And there are it's like there's certain people that are just showing up really aggressively. And because they're showing up so aggressively, they're seeing big results. And so I think everybody else thinks like, where are my results, right? And what I'm getting all to in this is that a lot of people feel like if they can't figure something out, kind of more like the organic way of marketing, I think people immediately cut to like, well, the way that I can force the hand of marketing in my favor is to just do like paid ads or something like that, whether it's like meta ads or whether it's Google ads or whether it's a, like a different type of ad strategy or something like that. It's it's very interesting because I feel like I have I have certain thoughts on like paid advertising, which I think is like if you can't make it work in organic, I don't think you should be going the paid route because I think you you're only going to know if something works paid if you try it organically first. And so, yeah, I think that's what I see a lot happening is people are really frustrated with like organic marketing right now and they're not getting the results they want and so they want to go to paid. Now, I will say I don't particularly think that paid advertising is necessarily, again, like I said, where people should be going. But I think that's, again, kind of on the rise right now. And it'll be very interesting to see kind of like how that plays its role in the next year or so. And then the second part of kind of like a trend that I see on the rise, and I'd say this is this is something that I see is maybe more like favorable in a sense, is word of mouth marketing. And people are almost getting back to the whole idea of like, okay, how do I just tell people what I do and get it in their hands? How do I connect with people in person and actually get back to like, the basics of what I know about marketing. You know what I mean? Because I think for a minute there, especially after 2020, we got so digital and we thought that our entire world's hinged on the digital. But I think people now are kind of realizing like, hold on a second. It's the personal stuff that really connects so, so well. So yeah, those are kind of like the... I feel like they're two opposite sides of the spectrum, but I do feel like that's that's what I'm noticing and this isn't like some big sage prediction. It's just like, that's what I'm noticing. Yeah, no, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. <laughs> no, and that's so interesting. I love both of those answers too. And I could not agree more too. Like talking about on like the paid, the paid mm-hmm. ads and stuff like that too. It's like, if you do have a good ad, if you do have that good audience and it reaches a good audience, do you have like that funnel, like prepared mm-hmm. and ready to bring people in and then to, con- to convert too? Because say it does have like a little increase and little bump in people that are coming into your funnel. And then like, is that even converting? And like you said, I'm also a big believer of like, if things aren't converting for you for free, like advertising and marketing, like, you know, you're just funneling people into a broken system, but it's so um, true, you know? So it's like looking at that and, and there's even things, I don't know, like I'm always adjusting my, even my funnels, even being like, Mm -hmm. okay, I feel really good about this. 
put it out. And then I'm like, I, you know, I'll come back at the next quarter and be like, this isn't converting as well as I thought it was going to. Where's my bottleneck? Like what's happening here? And so like you have to run and almost test those before you do go run it ads and stuff. But then even to like the word of mouth referrals, I'm like, yes, it's like, I love client experience and stuff. And it's almost, it's funny because you know how like styles, like trends come back, like yeah, like how you dress, like the nineties are, you know, are back or like, oh, that's, uh-huh. like, you know, styles come back. It's almost like that's what's happening in marketing. Like just the yeah. classic good old word of mouth networking. It's almost like that's coming back because exactly what you said, Nathan, is that everything has gone so digital. People almost like don't want it. Like Trent and I were literally talking last night. Hazel took my phone and I was like, she, she, I, my first reaction was like, good, she can have it. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> Like I'm over, like, I just, I don't even want to be on my phone. Like, you know what I mean? I I almost feel like people are getting to a point where we're just so overstimulated digitally that that is actually so powerful. So I'm like, go to the wedding vendor, like go Mm -hmm. to the venue, like go to these places, meet in person because you know why no one else is doing it. It's it's marketing, networking 101. No one's doing it anymore because everything's so digital. So like, yes, like nothing beats that in-person connection and like, relationship building. So I could not agree more with you on that. I do think there the entrepreneur space, I feel it goes kind of through phases and it goes through phases when things are easy and then it goes through like another phase when things get hard. I mean, obviously when social media first came out, I think things were really easy for people to market themselves, right? And then even when you have the uh, kind of like a new platform, like for instance, like TikTok come out or when Reels first came out. And that was right around like that 2020 mark, um, 2020, 2021. And I think a lot of people saw like a lot of success even at first with like the video marketing. I'm not like a big like follow the economy type of person. But I think there was also like in 2021, a little bit of like, oh, like good economies kind of back now from because 2020 was so hard. But I think 2021, we're kind of like back now. But then I think what starts happening and, you know, people would say like, we're in a recession right now. And, you know, these algorithms are overloaded with users. And even a place like TikTok now is very crowded. It's a very crowded space now. Oh, I'm going to give you another one. The wedding boom of like 2021 as well, and even 2022 a little bit. And so now we're getting into like 2023, 2024. And a lot of these things have kind of slowed down a little bit. And so you kind of have this phase where the entrepreneurs who maybe had a lot of the things come easy to them... It's not, it's either going to make them or break them at a point like this. And again, there's, there's trends for all different types of things. But I think right now, I wouldn't say as I've, as as I've seen, as I've heard from other entrepreneurs, I don't think anything is like coming so ridiculously easy to the vast majority of entrepreneurs. And so I do think it is a make or break situation for a lot of those people who maybe started and shot up and tried like the easy thing and it worked for them. But I think now we're getting into that place where it's like, it's like what did work isn't working anymore or what worked for you then isn't going to push you to the new level that you need to get to. And so you're, you're having these moments of crisis for some people and they're like, what do I do? And I think what's happening is a lot of people are getting back to the raw bare bones basics of business like you said things like shaking hands things like going up to people in person things like having a dang good product before you try to sell it like 
all of these types of things that maybe we put on the back burner because we could just blow up on TikTok and make, you know, six figures in a year have kind of gone away a little bit. And now the rubber is meeting the road a little bit. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm making any sense, you but are, I do think, totally <laughs> I do think there's a little bit of right now we might be in a little bit of a testing season for a lot of entrepreneurs. And some of this, you know, raw, raw marketing, just no BS marketing is kind of coming back. And I, I'm okay with it. I think I, I think it's good for us. So <laughs> I think it is too. And it's good for like, I know even like, I, you know, I'm, I'm 31 now and I know that it's not old, but also the difference between 31 and 21 is a huge gap in the world of totally. like digital marketing. It's, huge. yeah, it is like, and so like things look different. And so things that I built my business on, on a foundation yeah. people today aren't like their foundation looks different than mine. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, People in my bracket were either reverting back or people in that newer bracket are like, oh, this is something I didn't have to do. So now I have to also maybe go back and try this. And so it's just kind of good for everyone. I think I'm, I'm totally, like you said, I'm on board. I think it's fun. It just makes us more resilient. Yeah. And like you said, kind of makes or breaks and we go through hard seasons and heck, what's being an entrepreneur overcomes easy all the time. I feel like exactly. It's so true. (laughs) Roll up your sleeves, like we're in it. (laughs) Yep, exactly. um, It's just part of it. It it totally is. And even kind of speaking to that, because I know you you spoke on it, like talking about it a little bit more, but like just the dip in inquiries. Do you, Mm. I'm not looking for like a Nate has the answer, but like in your opinion, do you feel like, like what do you feel like has been the reason for a dip in inquiries for people? Yeah, I've definitely heard that. It's really interesting because I, I don't love, I guess, telling people uh, some sort of this is why your inquiries are dipping or or right. this is why you should yeah. feel good about that cuz i think i always go back to um somebody out there can have a dip in inquiries and maybe even the majority of people can have a dip in inquiries but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to because i think all our businesses are different and even all of our stages in business are so different as well, right? So I think to me, it, it just it just depends on I guess like where somebody is at. Cause someone may be in that place where, you know, their dip in inquiries could be because they are, I don't know, 10 years in and maybe there's like maybe they're having to compete with some new photographers on the block, right? Or maybe their dip in inquiries is because they just completed their first year in photography and all of those inquiries that did come were maybe from all of their college friends that they graduated with that year. They booked out their year. Awesome. But you really never had to learn marketing, did you? So that's why this year maybe you don't have as many inquiries. Or maybe another person is in a situation where their dip in inquiries is because they moved. So there's so many factors. And so I think it's really good to kind of remind ourselves that there's so much that could be what is causing this. And we don't need to kind of ask other people like, hey, what are your inquiries at? Or like, what are your inquiries at? And then use that as the barometer of like, are we okay? Or are we not okay? I think it's more important to just be like, well, how can I get more? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you could be something global as well. Like, 
you know, we're coming off of the wedding boom of 2021 and 2022. And so things have slowed down a little bit. So yeah, I I really couldn't even give you a full answer on why that is because I think it's just it's variant for so many people. Totally. And yeah, and I, I love that too, because it is so different. Like you said, you made such good points too. Like maybe someone just got at that time in their life and they didn't really have to learn marketing because they just got like word of mouth stuff. And that's just such a good point too. Like everyone's at complete different stages in their business. Things look different for everyone. I just have noticed or heard people say like as an industry, but it's also like, I don't know how much of that is just if anything's going on this year, if there's just shifts in the industry that's happening that like marketing strategies that used to work aren't anymore or something like that. Or maybe like you were saying earlier, like we just have to work a little harder (laughs) at certain things right now. It just might be like where, you know, where we're at with that. But even just moving forward, I guess, to 2024, like what do you feel like are a couple of things that maybe you would tell someone to prioritize in their marketing if they were trying to have more lead generation or trying to have more visibility? Like, is there anything that you would suggest? Yeah. I always like to get back to just kind of the mindset of things because if we were talking about sales, right? Or if we were talking about pricing, or if we were talking about maybe even client experience or something of those natures, I could probably give you like, hey, do this little hack and you will probably see some results really, really quick. Or, you know, try this little trick or look at this little strategy or something like that. But I have found, and I know this isn't flashy to say, and I know this isn't something that maybe a lot of people want to hear, but I have found as I've like studied marketing, read the books and 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 looked into so many different things and and done so much marketing myself and coached people in marketing, I have just found that when it comes to marketing, there is truly no substitute for your mindset and what mindset you have going into marketing yourself. And I think certain mindsets that have got to be there and are just so important is number one, your consistency. People think that they have to find the perfect strategy before they begin something or before they continue something. And then they also think that if I do something like a couple times and it doesn't go exactly where I want to go, then I'm going to abandon it. But I think that if you can say stay consistent with... I mean, this may come with some nuances, but almost like if you can stay consistent with any marketing strategy you try or with any marketing platform you go with, if you can stay ridiculously consistent, and then also I'd say if you can have a very high volume of what you do, I don't think you can lose. I really don't because the average person doesn't stay consistent and the average person doesn't put in a high volume of reps of whatever it is. And that's why they don't see any, any, you know, result of that. But the people who, who are out there who you see getting those big results and then not only getting those results once, but getting them multiple times over the course of like months to years, those are the people that just stay consistent with it and do it a lot, you know? And so it really, it really doesn't matter what it is. If someone, like I've heard people booking out their entire year from just posting in Facebook groups. 
I've heard people booking out their entire year just from vendor networking. I've heard people booking out their year just from like posting on TikTok. I've like, it doesn't really matter necessarily what that marketing strategy is. And I, I would recommend you have a few, not just one. But if you can stay consistent with it, and if you can find, yeah, like find your strategy, that's all good. And like, I think that's great. And I teach a lot of strategy. But even if you're at a place where you haven't figured out all the perfect strategy yet, just do the work, just do the reps, just like keep going. Because the best effort you can give on day one is always going to be better than not doing anything on day one. Like if you wait until day 100 to start because because you don't have the perfect strategy until day 100, well, you just missed 99 days of doing it like you know, not perfect, but you did something. And I guarantee you, you're always going to be further. You're going to have way more of a head start just doing something than you would if you just waited around for the perfect strategy or your perfect approach to whatever it is. So I think that's like starter pack, you know, ground zero. This is what you got to start with mindset wise. Just get out there and do the work, do the reps, put them in, um, stay consistent and have a high volume. And then, yeah, then we can talk about about strategy, but you got to start there. We love it. We love just the groundwork, baby steps, first step. What action can I take? We love it. And you know, it's being an entrepreneur too, it's almost like we have to accept that we just can't be afraid to fail because we're just, we're yeah. going to. So you just can't be, you have to kind of just not think about it and just say, almost tell yourself like, Hey, I'm going to fail. I don't know when or what at, but I'm going to, and like, who cares? Because like, that's how that, like you said, those 99 days of failing and trying things, that's, what's going to make day 100 way better than just starting there. So it'll honestly, it'll, I always tell people do something long enough so that you have context when you learn the tactic or strategy. But if you've no, if you've never even done something, you're going to be learning from like maybe like a coach or whatever, and you're not going to have context for it. And I know, like, I mean, Rachel, you have a podcast. You interview a lot of entrepreneurs, so I'm sure. I just noticed on my podcast, I'll interview so many entrepreneurs, and I'll, my first question will be like, "So how did you get started?" And like, you know, <laughs> what did you first do? And I don't, I can't remember a single entrepreneur who is like wildly successful who tells me, oh, yeah, like on day one, I had this perfect strategy and this is exactly how I did it. Yeah, I had it all together and, and I just stuck with the strategy and boom, it happened. Like every, every time I hear from people, they're all like, yeah, I was doing like the weirdest crap ever to start my business. And it, it worked because I just kept doing it. And then over time, I learned strategy and you know what I mean? Or, or people yeah. just getting scrappy. And I just, um, I had an interview with Stephanie Fisher. Her brand name is like from the daisies. And she was like, when I moved, she said she moved to, I forgot what state it was, but some state. And she's like, I knew I needed content out in that state. And so She's like me and my husband just like dressed up in wedding attire and I took self portraits as a styled shoe. Like just so freaking scrappy, right? And someone could be like, oh, well, that's not perfect. You should have gotten with like the perfect planner and you should have gotten with like the perfect model couple and been really well connected with the best venue and all. And I'm like, yes, she could have and it probably would have had higher impact, but she just did what she knew and she did what was like the lowest hanging fruit to start. And you know what? 
I'm pretty sure she booked a ton of people off of that. And yeah, she probably put together another styled shoot that was perfect after that. But she just started. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, there wasn't any like perfect thing. And I, I just hear that over and over and over again. And so when I hear entrepreneurs or photographers and they're just like, I can't start because I need the perfect strategy. I'm like, oh man, we got to get you just started though. We just have to get you scrappy before you get all perfect about everything. Yes. It's like, just work with what you got. Yeah. Just- Exactly. You know, and I'm just such a done is better than perfect person anyway. <laughs> now, my husband, Trent, he might say otherwise because he's a perfectionist. <laughs> he's the perfectionist. I am the eh, done is better than perfect. <laughs> hey, it's good. You guys balance each other out. It's a balance. But it's so true. Just Yeah. And it's fun. What's really cool too about entrepreneurs is that, like you said, that you could be doing this for 10 years. You could be doing this for six months and it doesn't matter. Like it, everyone grows at different paces. And so that's where like, just do what, like she did a style shoot for herself. Like just do the best with what you can, with what you have. Mm-hmm. And you never know the, the, the rate of that you're going to grow at. Mm-hmm. The doors that will open, yes, the things you'll exactly. learn. I, 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 I think as well, there's so much learning to be had in doing mm-hmm. much more than there is in just consuming. We are so fixated on like, what is the next, you know, TikTok that I'm going to see that's going to give me the three tips? What is the next like coach I can hire? What is the next course? And all these different things. And and don't get me wrong, I think there is such a time and a place for those things. I sell those things. I believe in those things every bit. But at the end of the day, you have to be doing as well because there is a dimension where you out in the trenches of whatever it is you're doing, you will learn so much because you're just out there doing, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you go out, you hop on, I don't know, 20 consult calls with clients, and you're going to learn more from those 20 consult calls than you can from just like one hour long, you know, education session that somebody gave you, you know what I'm saying? So I think it, it just goes back to like, do what you can uh, with what you've got and 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 supplement, yes, the strategy and and the experts in there as as much as you possibly can, but don't just stop before you ever, yeah, don't stop before you start, honestly. <laughs> don't do it to yourself. Oh, I, that's awesome too. Is there kind of just like one last piece of advice that you want to end the note on? Sure. I think a big piece of advice that I would give to people is don't let the what would I say, the time horizon between you and your goal or success. Um, don't let that be the reason you don't do something. I oftentimes, I, I kind of tell people, like for instance, like in my coaching program, I tell people at when we first start everything, I say, if you getting to your goal, let's say it's like six figures or something like that. If you getting to your goal took you... Um, I don't know, one month, two months, something like that. You would probably say, awesome. I am so in for it. Like, let's absolutely do it. But what if I said, hey, you are, you're, you're going to hit this goal, but you're not going to hit it for a year, for a year. You know what I mean? Would that be too long for you? Would you say, oh, I only want the success. I only want to reach my goal. If it happens within my specific, like tiny little time horizon and uh, that immediate gratification, or are you going to say, you know what? I, if, if I know I can get there, I will do whatever it takes for as long as it takes. 
And so I guess I would say in our internet culture where, you know, people tell you, you can make like this whole like six figures and like, you know, six hours type culture that we have, which is like ugh, so pukey to me. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing I can tell so many entrepreneurs for the, for the long haul and for being a lasting entrepreneur is do what it takes, not so that you can get the immediate gratification goal, but do what it takes so that you can just get the goal and don't put a time horizon on it. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, you, you definitely want to push yourself so that you can get places as quick as possible, but don't don't make that the only like the only reason you're gonna do it, right? Is that it just happens quick? Like no, like that's so that's so cheap, that's so uh, shallow, and that's not doing you and your life. Which by the way, life is a freaking long time. That's not doing you any good by saying those types of things because it makes it it basically makes the likelihood of you ever reaching a goal so slim because you've put this tiny little restriction and constraint on it of saying it has to be done within this time frame. So just don't put the time frame on it. Don't put the restriction on it. Just say, I'm going to do this as long as it takes. And one day you will get there and you'll be so happy that you stuck with it. That is so good, Nate. And I feel like we all need to hear that because we all live in a world of just, like you said, instant gratification. We want it. We want it now. And it's only getting worse. Like that, that, that time span is getting shorter and shorter. So that was... That's such good advice that we all need that reminder. So I love that. I love ending on that high note. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Nate, for coming on. Um, Absolutely. Tell everybody where we can find you. Yeah, I would just say come hang out at my podcast, Passion with Purpose. We talk about a lot of the things that Rachel talks about on her podcast, I'm sure. A lot of business, a lot of mindset, a lot of uh, how to make you more money. So yeah, that's where I'd point you. You can follow me on Instagram as well at Nathan Shansky. So yeah. Yay. Thank you so much, Nate. It was so fun. Thanks so much for having me. 